Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to episode number 26 of the KDH podcast. It's another solo one for me. I've not done one of these in about five episodes, so I always feel nervous coming on to do them. But I've just been at a walk and I just can't tanned a can of Monster, so I'm actually actually feeling fucking anxious after that can of Monster. I don't really drink Monster that much anymore, um, mostly just coffee. So the podcast today, um, this is a bit of an unusual one. Uh, it's not really unusual. People have done it before. One of my clients gave me the idea for it. It's an Instagram Q&A, and basically I put out um, a few questions like over the course of the past sort of week and a half. What's your biggest moans, frustrations, uh, biggest uh, queries about gym, fitness, mindset, nutrition, whatever it is. And basically, there was some questions there. There was a few rants. And this podcast is just about having a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of engaging more with my followers and stuff like that and, and kind of bringing that value into the podcast there. And I said I was going to start off the podcast today with a story, right? I'm not going to say what the story's about because if no one's seen the post the other day, um, it won't be as funny, but if you have seen it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about as well if you follow me. Um, but as as normal, if you are listening to the podcast, make sure that you're screenshotting it and tagging me in it because I always appreciate when I, I get a wee smile and a wee laugh when I see someone sharing it, saying how much it's like made their day or something. And I always like talking back and forward, forward and getting feedback as well from them. I really appreciate that. So the story that I'm going to tell is when I was a wee guy, I was probably like seven or eight years old. Um, this is nothing to do with fitness, by the way. This is literally just a random story. And I hope it makes some of you laugh because everyone pisses themselves in the heat. When I was a wee boy, I was about seven or eight years old. And if anyone isn't from Ayrshire, the Magnum was like the place to be. And um, when you were a wee guy, it had the ice rink, it had the mini monsters, it had the mighty monsters, it had loads of stuff. Like, it was amazing. It was a leisure center in Ovin, but it's like well known in the West Coast of Scotland. And parties went on there like fucking conveyor belts for kids and people got dropped off like conveyor belts and I think it was in a time where you didn't you probably wouldn't just drop your kid off at the magnum now and then just leave but at that time it was like the done thing and I was probably about seven or eight and I was going to a boy in my primary school's birthday party Ryan and basically I had my present I was fucking buzzing about the mighty monsters because it was like an assault course for me I just loved running around it and I get dropped off and I dropped off my present and my mum told me it was like a 14 pound I don't know some present but that was quite a lot of money for my mum and dad at that time as well when I was a wee guy dropped it off got dropped off at the party and I remember the party I remember running about vividly and it was like an assault course it was like a loop I went up and down through it bashing about man and I was like had a great time and I remember just being like I don't really recognize the woman that was the mum and all that that was giving out the buffet and the cake and everything and I was like that ah, right fuck it still got to say fuck it that wasn't in my, my mind at that point I was running around, running around, sweating my tits off, had some cake, had some food, uh, gave my present away, we sung happy birthday and all that, and you're that young, you don't really know what's going on. Anyway, mum came and picked me up and I was sweating, and I remember walking out into the big bridge, and I can actually remember this vividly, it was like a cold night, it was like, I think it was like the winter, and there was pure sweating, out of breath and all that, walked out and could literally feel the cold air hit me, and then my mum's like that to me, eh, son, did you have a good time at the party? I was like, aye, great time, amazing. Uh, did all your friends enjoy it? Mom was like, and I was like, that's mom. Oh, they weren't there. Mom looked at me like, what do you mean your friends weren't there? <laughs> and she was like, did Ryan enjoy the party? And I was like, it wasn't there. They fucking dropped me off at a random birthday 
party and I had the time of my life. <laughs> but they never ever lived that down. And that story is just something that I tell all the time. And I'm sitting laughing right now and I hope it's making some of you laugh because it's like, I put it in a post all day, 27 le lessons because it was my 27th birthday. And so many folk were replying to it laughing. So I was like, fuck it, I'm bringing this into a podcast. Anyway, we bit off topic from fitness, but I just thought it was something that's pretty funny. Um, so, and I wanted you to hear the full story because it's just funny, the fact that I was a wee sweaty guy having the time of my life and I was at a randoms party. Anyway, so the first question, so as, as I said, some of them are questions, some of them are statements. I've got, um, how many all together? I've got 15 all together, 15 points to kind of go through. So the first one, how many calories should I be aiming for? Uh, really, really good question. The first thing you need to think about is what's your goals? Then once you know that, then you should obviously start working it out from there. So if it's fat loss, if it's maintenance, if it's to, to gain, whatever it is, you need to figure that out first and then you can start setting it in line. You then need to use like a formula to give you like a ballpark figure to aim for. I always say to everyone, it's not an exact number, it's a range, so don't stress out too much. And the God honest answer is, you're not going to truly know what that is until you put a bit of practice into it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not really a, an, a direct answer to that question. I can't actually say this is how much it's going to be because firstly, you need to, your, your height, your age, your weight, your sex, how active you are, your movement, how intense your training is, how much you exercise. Um, and I think you need to do all these things as well. You need to remember as well, if you're average Joe, training's the tip of the iceberg, do you know what I mean? For when it comes to expenditure, it's not a lot. So, um, but again, it could be someone like myself that trains quite a lot. My contribution's a lot more than what someone that goes to park run on a Saturday is. So you need to take that into consideration. But one of the big pieces of advice I would give is don't over-confuse yourself. The, the amount of folk that I have that have worked out their calories, they went into a fat loss phase, they went into a maintenance phase, and then maybe five months down the line, I do like a 21 day fat loss challenge. Like I just done with my clients there and they turn to me and they go, Christian, how, uh, what formula should I use? The formula is only there as an initial point. You shouldn't be going back to formulas. If you've been doing it consistently on and off for periods of time, you should know where this is at. And it's always going to change as well. Like, but this is experience and this is what I'm saying. The only way to build up that is experience is a bit of action. And that's not to say that you need to track your calories forever. I don't track my calories every single day. I've done a cut recently, 21 day fat loss challenge. I didn't track a single calorie. But the main objective that everyone should be building up with calories is building up intuitiveness. And when I say intuitiveness, that's literally knowing when you've ate too much or you've not moved enough or vice versa all the way about. So hopefully that answers that question there. Number two, my job varies from 10 to 20,000 steps per day. How do I track this? Now, I'm assuming by this question, you're meaning like how many calories do I expend? Now, I've never been one to track my exercise and my movement. I just take a rough ballpark. So I'll tell you what I do, then hopefully this can answer it there. For the average person, again, their age, weight, height, sex is going to depend how many calories they expend in a day. So you're never going to know exactly what you've done. Like your steps are obviously a testament of whether or not you've been active for that day but you could have been on your feet all day. Like me in the gym, my steps might be 8,000, but I've been on my feet for like a 12 hour shift. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've been standing about, I've been passing weights about. So you need to remember all these things do contribute towards expenditure as well. It's not necessarily just steps, but steps are obviously a good testament. So um, the, the best way to do it, if you go and look online, I'm not going to say numbers exactly. Um, you can obviously find out how much steps for the average person for your age and all that and your weight. 
what it contributes. I think for someone of my height and age and weight and muscle mass, I'm about, for 10,000 steps, about 600, 700 on top of my basal metabolic rate for that day. But again, as long as you know that you're being intuitively more active, accountably more active, that you're consuming within reason, the realms of your calories, you'll be absolutely fine. So my answer is I wouldn't stress about it too much. Like um, if you're someone that really works that way with numbers, then you could look up what I've just said there. But to be honest, as long as you know that you're, you're ticking the boxes, whether that be for fat loss, if you wanted to go a bit more structured, then yeah, you could sit and work it out. But I'm the sort of coach that doesn't want people to get like really, really down to the numbers. Like I want people to collect data. Uh, you need to remember, we were about long before calculators. We were about long before smartwatches that tell you all this and formulas. You don't need to know it, but obviously it's, it's good to have that awareness. So number three, feeling intimidated by guys that puff their chest out and admire themselves in the mirror. Now, this isn't really a question. This is one of the things I've put up saying, what's your big frustrations? And that is frustrating. But one of the things I want to add in, that isn't the case in every single gym. I mean, like you, there's, there's so many, when you say gym, there's so many different things that you can do. You could go to a CrossFit box. You could go to a strength conditioning facility, an Olympic lifting facility. You could go to a smaller private um, pay-as-you-go gym. Do you know what I mean? That just, it's, that, what you usually see this in is maybe like big commercial facilities. And one of the things you need to remember in the gym, and I always tell people this so they get a bit more confidence. If you're in a commercial facility, so I used to work in the gym group, um, I work in the bunker now. When you're in the gym at any given time, I can guarantee you that 90% of the people that are in there don't really know what they're doing. And I'm not bashing people that are in the gym. I'm just saying that you need to realize that no one's an expert. And just because someone's got large pecs and they like wearing a top that shows their nipples, it doesn't mean that they, they know everything. So it just means that they've been consistent, consistently lifting weights, do you know what I mean? Um, and so don't worry about that too much. Um, so what I'm trying to say as well is there is other gyms. If you do feel that way in your gym, you're getting a bit scunnered with it toy about with different gyms and stuff and i know it can be a big thing because over the years with me training i've really found that i don't give a fuck about being in a gym like I, like it doesn't even bother me at all like when walking into a new gym or a new place i like it but i've done it that much over the years that that challenging thing it, it's something that it, it doesn't challenge me at all anymore because i'm that used to it but i forget that not everyone's done that sometimes because i lived down in england I went to different gyms when I was younger. I started quite young. So for me, it's just been a normal thing. But I've trained a lot of people where over lockdown, when I changed over from the gym group to the bunker, people were even picking up to me going, the clips look different in here, Christian. And I'm forgetting that some people have only maybe experienced their journey in one gym. So yeah, it's good to, to get out of your comfort zone and try out different places. So give that a try. Um, this an our statement. There's some fanny who's there every time I'm in, every single time. That's it. That's all I've said. I'm not naming anyone that said these, by the way. Um, and I think one of the things you need to remember with this is like the one in five rule. One in five people aren't going to like you. It doesn't matter what you do. And I think this works the other way as well. There's going to be some people that you're just like, that person's a fanny. And I think you just need to accept this. Again, if you're that scunnered with it, go and try another gym. Um, this is another one. It's more of a statement as well, but I can totally relate to it, right? How offended people get with advice and especially when like you're someone that's like maybe specialized in that field, whether you are a PT, a physio, and people get their back up about things, man. Like one thing that I've learned over like the full COVID thing is like not to offend anyone, but people are fucking stupid, man. People actually go and watch documentaries on Netflix, go and watch a video on Facebook, and they think they're an expert on a topic, and you're like, holy shit, that's actually frightening. 
that you have just watched a 10 minute documentary and you deem yourself an expert and they, they a hundred percent do. And I think like when it comes to people having their own, everyone's got their own body. Do you know what I mean? Like some people think they're an expert in it where they really should be listening to the, the person that's maybe got a bit of experience in that, that's, that's proven, that's generated results from it. And I'm not saying that you need to listen to every single PT. I'm not saying that you need to listen to every single physiotherapist, every single doctor. I'm just saying that you, you should be, people need to be more like, like taking on board, need to be more willing to take on board advice because it can really, really hold a lot of folk back and it's a shame. <clears throat> and next few questions are a few belters. So how to successfully create a weekly training schedule. So um, number one, it comes down to your goal. Um, and then I would, do you know what I mean? Like reaching out for help is a really good thing to do at this point as well. I think like over max years of training, one of the big things that I've really noticed over the past years, you don't need to be training as much as you think you do. And that's something that I've really been, it's, it's, I've really been learning over the past sort of year and a half with, with certain things in regards to conditioning work, building muscle. So you need to understand that as well. The main, it's not a lot of people in gyms now, like, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing, <clears throat> pure coughing on it as if I've got COVID. So you've got one of those throats where you just can't clear it properly. Um, so, um, yeah, I've kind of lost what I was saying there. So, um, where are we? I've completely forgot what I was saying. There. I was talking about a training schedule. Um, then I was saying about people thinking they're in the gym way more than they need to be. I cannot remember what I was talking about. And that was a really, really fucking good point. I'll listen back to this and go, uh, I wish I spoke about that there. So, yeah, like you don't need to be in the gym as much as you think you do. That's like a massive one there that... A lot of people, oh, I was talking about classes. I remember now, just a wee ramble, uh, rant, <laughs> rant there. So see me personally, see things like hit all these standing classes with no actual structured progressive overload. I really think they're dated. I think they're so dated. And I think what happens with it, because the amount of gyms that pride themselves on just like, we do 40 classes a week, and it just promotes this mindset that people think they need to be in the gym as much as they possibly can for it to work. And you're like, you don't need to be. The main thing that you should be focusing on in the gym is the principles. So if that's building muscle, you need to be thinking about good recovery outside the gym, good sleep, good nutritional, uh, nutrition protocols, uh, working to failure when you're in the gym, good technique, good mind-muscle connection, plenty of attention, plenty of stress. Like how many times you, because people often say things like, oh, how, how long should I be in the gym for? And you're like, well, that's a byproduct of what you're doing. You shouldn't be focusing on the time or the, the amount of sessions, you should be focusing on the amount of time you have available and what needs done, if that makes sense. You need to kind of look at it backwards instead of the other way. Um, so that's a, a kind of a good answer to that there. <clears throat> so having a plan, making sure that you know what you're doing um, and making sure that you've got your non-negotiables in place. So I always say things like, if I make up programs for someone and it's maybe a four-day program, I kind of create the program so it can be executed with only three days. So for example, I might give someone a four-day split and it might be upper, lower, full body, full body because I know that person's busy. Now, I'm not going to do that for everyone, but I do this for people that I know that maybe have children, maybe they are busy with work, maybe they're like a session at the weekend or they're, they're, they're not unusual to go and doing that. So I go like that, right, we're going to do this. So your non-negotiables, um, I'm pinching this for what Finley said in the last podcast should be about 80%. They shouldn't be like 100. You're not going to do 20,000 steps every single day. You're not going to do six sessions in the gym every single week. Life goes on and things are going to get in the way. And I think if you aim for perfection, 
you're always going to be disappointed. So that's a big part there to a successful week in the gym as well. And then a big one's just showing up, knowing the difference between being overly fatigued and when you can't be asked. That's a big one there. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm pure coughing right now. <clears throat> any good self-development books or any good books on mindsets that I would recommend? Loads, but I'm not going to sit there and reel off loads and loads. I think, to be honest, when it comes to, we say mindset, and it's such a broad thing, we say the word mindset, and to be honest, your mindset is just broadening, broadening your horizon, like broadening your your knowledge and expanding and, and being open to change. That's what mindset is, adapting a growth mindset. And to be honest, reading in general, reading any self-help book, any anyone's autobiography that's inspiring, reading about someone's experiences somewhere, it's going to give you more value. It's going to open up your mindset. And it's going to make you go, well, they could do that. And what I always say to people, I talk about Ross Edgley quite a lot. People always say things that like, I can't do that. And I'll remind people that Ross Edgley swam around the UK, a human being swam around the actual UK. Like, just like me, just like you that's listening in right now, he's a human being and we are able to do that. So I think just doing things like that. But <clears throat> in regards to mindset, two that I would recommend would be James Clear's Atomic Habits because it just applies to everything. It's such a good book. Reading a chapter that a day will just get you thinking. And it's good to read a book and have a little bit of reflection as well. So sit the book down 10 minutes afterwards and just think about what you've just read and take it in and digest it. Um, and then Chimp Paradox by, I can't remember his name again, the author of that. He's a psychiatrist, sports, sports psychiatrist for the GB team, GB cycling team. And, uh, like it's such a good book it just explains things in such good ways that's it's so valuable and you can take so much from it so that's two books that i would recommend there um what's your top five daily non-negotiables for building muscle so i kind of nailed these before so a solid night's sleep you need to focus on getting a good night's sleep sunday night i had a drink on saturday night sunday night my sleep was not good monday i skipped my session on monday because my sleep was so bad my room my room uh in the house literally has all the um i'm showing you with my hands right now literally has all the pipes for the boiler below it so even if the heating's off like or it's been been on the room's always roasting throughout the winter so a combination of that and not really sleeping well because i drank on saturday night just fucked my sleep up and i just made the call to not train on monday and i trained on tuesday and just having wee things like that in place is important so making the call whether or not you're overly fatigued so having a good night's sleep Making sure that you're recovered, like, do you know what I mean? Stress plus rest equals growth. You need to make sure that you've had adequate recovery because I think that gets underplayed so much. You need to make sure that you're obviously recovering. Good. Um, make sure that your calories are set in line with, obviously, your goals, whether that be fat loss or um, gaining muscle in a surplus or being at maintenance, hitting a protein target. Um, and then obviously making sure that you track, I think not enough people track their training as well. And tracking your training should be like a non-negotiable that you do every single time in the gym. And don't beat yourself up if you don't do it. I mean, it's important to go in and move some days and you might, you might do a wee off-plan session. That's okay. But like, you need to make sure that you've got some sort of measurable linear progression. And it's so, ins I, like, I tell clients now for day one, like that is like something you do every single session and like they do come sometimes they'll be like oh i didn't try that last session and they're like apologizing to me i'm like it's all right it's fine but like you understand training so much more when you track it's just like nutrition it'll open your eyes up and it'll broaden your knowledge so much i think that's five there so what do you do the day night after a day of overindulgence so 
I could sit and tell you about cycling your calories, but I'm going to give you an honest answer. You're always, always going to have days of overindulgence. You're always going to do it. And the main thing is not looking at it like a day of, oh, I need to reset. You need to emphasize the importance of consistency. Your body doesn't know days. It doesn't know weeks. Your body just consistently lives, right? It's the same with your calories. If you've maybe overconsumed for a few days, like I have there, it was my birthday. I've been eating cheesecake like it goes out of fashion. I got about five kilograms of sweets. Personal trainer, and I've just been giving absolutely millions of sweets. I think folk are trying to fatten me up. And uh, like the thing is, I know that I've been overconsuming, so I'm just emphasizing a wee bit more movement than what I'd usually do. But one of the things I want to emphasize as well is please do not do this on a weekly basis because you will just be yo-yoing and it will reflect in your training in the gym as well. If you're doing a weekend of overindulgence, a week of under like under consuming and loads of movement, it will reflect in your training as well. If you're just training through the week, you'll probably be fatigued, you won't be properly fueled, you won't be properly recovered. Um, so make sure that you're getting that balance right. Make sure you're not doing it all the time. Like we're all entitled to overindulge, we're all, but don't over reward yourself with it as well. Don't be like, oh man, I've been doing so good. I'm just going to have a pure cheat day. The minute you start labeling it as things like that, you're just going to just keep, you're just going to press the self-destruct button. Do you know what I mean? Just understand that this is part of life. If you consume a wee bit more, consume a wee bit less, move a wee bit more. Like, and if you have these non-negotiables in place, like your steps, your activity, having that 80% mark, you'll never, you'll never be asked. Like, I'm not thinking right now, oh my God, like I've actually, the past week, I can actually see more body fat than what I've had. But I just know that by moving a wee bit more within the next few days, I'll be back to where I was before. But you need, it, it's not this big drastic change you need to look for. A couple of clients recently, um, I'm going to be doing a 10-day accountability challenge with my boot camp soon. And it's not, I, I emphasize to the guys, it's not focused on fat, lo fat loss, but if you want to use it for that, you can. But because I don't want to be one of these PTs, it's always going, another fat loss challenge, because it just promotes this forever thing. And I'm not all about that. I just want to help people and make them realize that I just think we, we over-label things sometimes. So, oh, Sky's pure barking right now. Oh no, shut up, Sky. Um, so, the thing with overindulgence as well is you need to understand that it's just this ongoing thing. You can't just be like, oh, like I need to go back into a fat loss phase because I've done this. And um, one of the things I was saying there, um, I've kind of went off tangent there. A couple of my clients are going into like a three week fat loss phase right now. Two guys that I train separate clients and we're both talking about the same thing. And these two guys have been tracking consistently. They've been setting their non-negotiables. They're in a really good place. And they were talking about getting a wee bit leaner. And I was like, for you guys, it is literally the difference of increasing your steps slightly. And for example, cutting out one thing. So see if they were having a mid-morning snack, a protein bar, a piece of fruit. Um, they were maybe having a gainer shake or something because they have both been trying to build muscle. Take that out and increase your steps. That is all it is. And people think fat loss is this pure... Get, going on a mad diet, going on a mad journey, signing up to Slimming World and you're like, fuck me. It is literally, if you're at maintenance, by the way, and you're someone that is in a position that's aware of your data, do you know what I mean? Like you, when I say data, I mean like you understand what you do on a regular basis. You've got routine habits. You see how things work. If you're at maintenance for you to lose fat, it's only going to be the difference of a couple of hundred calories. Do you know what I mean? Cutting out a snack and increasing your steps by 5,000 per day. You're going to make, it's going to be such an easy journey. Whereas if I said that to someone that doesn't, that's never tracked, that's never had any routine, doesn't exercise, doesn't understand nutrition at all, 
labels foods as good and bad. And I said to them, increase your steps by 5,000 and cut out a snack. They might not see a change because there's so many pieces of the puzzle missing. But what I'm saying is you need to understand that if you're someone that's aware of your surroundings, that's, 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 that's collected data for a while, fat loss doesn't need to be as complex as you think it is. It can be the difference of increasing your expenditure slightly and cutting out a few things that you have, unnecessary snacking, intuitiveness, that word, I love that. Right, next one, people putting the treadmill on max incline and walking and holding on for dear life stresses me out, that stresses me out too. I think that's, I don't know what that is, you see folk do that, pure pacing, um, and it's about, it makes you look like a psychopath, no joke, there was a guy that was like, <laughs> that was literally, in my old gym that had been done for murder they'd done time in prison and that's what he used to do in the treadmill and it does look a bit scary it looks a bit sketchy um so number 11 pts in the gym should be more helpful in gyms using machines etc <clears throat> totally agree with this right a hundred percent agree with this right i will tell you why personal trainers has one of the highest turnover rates that there is number one it's a tough game People have abs and they have pecs and they go, oh, I'll become a personal trainer. And they're like, fuck me, man. That is a mad jump to change your career and quit your job you've got right now because you've got some pecs. You need to realize that like, to get good in our job, to be a good coach, you need to be able to hustle. You need to be able to go out and help people. You need to want to help people. And why the turnover is so high is because of Instagram and stuff. Now, people watch other PTs. They go, oh, their life looks pretty good. I want to do that. I'm in half-decent shape. But then they don't like the hustle. They don't like having to create content every day. They don't like having to go and talk to people. They would rather just sit behind their phones and wait for everyone to come to them. So that is my answer for that. It's just generally the fact that a lot of people are getting into personal training for the wrong reasons now. They're not asked about helping people. They're more asked about themselves. They think that their job's going to be a handout. Like, it's actually ludicrous when you think about it. It's like me just opening a shop and just expecting, like, open, not doing any research to the type of shop, what I'm selling, the location, opening it and going, oh, people know me, all my friends will come. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the way the mentality of people are. So, like, one of the things as well I want to emphasize there is a lot of good coaches there, and don't be scared to ask them as well. Like, it is, it's a daunting job. It's, it really, really is. And I remember, like, when I started off, like, I built my, my business in the gym floor. And fuck me, it was hard. Like it was really hard. And you have to get like a, you have to get like a, I can't even think of the word right now. You have to become a bit more like, you, you can't be scared of rejection. You have to be a bit like build up a bit of a thick skin because people will, you get pure people basically just telling you to fuck off. You get people that are just ignorant to you, but you get lots of people that you'll be willing to help. And it can be a bit off-putting. But one of the things I want to say as well, that personal trainer might be having a really, really bad day. They might have had, five consultations not show up they might have lost five clients they might be in this pandemic right now just thinking god why did i quit my old job to do this so like always going to talk to them as well because like most of the time they will literally jump at it do you know what i mean and, and help you so it's a bit of a double-edged sword it could be that someone's having a bad day or it could be they're just not interested they think that what's going to come to them so um next one when a tall guy uses the squat rack to deadlift or do upper I'm a tiny, tiny woman and I need a squat rack because the weight I lift, because uh, I squat a heavy weight. I like that. That's a, that's a bold statement. That's stating that you lift heavy. I like that. But yeah, I know it is. It's frightening when folk do that at the gym. They, t they rock up to the gym and I actually chinned the guy the other day. Like in my gym, it's, it's sound as hell. The bunker's class. It's a good space. Like I was actually saying this to Chris, the owner the other day. I was going, mate, I can't believe that everyone puts their weights away in here. And he was going, I know it's class in it. Like the gym group folk were just like, 
as if the, the weights belonged on the floor. But um, I'm pure bashing the gym group today. It is actually a good gym. Just these commercial facilities do get a bit like you lose that human touch sometimes. Do you know what I mean? That sort of human element. So um, it's nice to be in a facility where they don't. And a guy like we have in our gym a place that's became like a hip thrusting platform. Um, and I went over the other day to use it. The gym was empty. And there was one guy curling the bar. And I was like, I went over to him. I went, mate, that should be illegal. I was like, get away from there. Go and do that over the dumbbell rack. Go and pick up a lighter bar. Set up with plates on it. Don't do that here. This is for big lifts. That's for the bumper plates are for. Get the fuck. I'm only joking. We had a laugh, man. I was like, laugh. He was laughing when I said it, and he was like, oh, I thought I could get away with it. But it is. It's frustrating when you've got these places set up specifically for heavy lifting. And I know that the the gym is everyone's gym because everyone pays a membership. But like, yeah, like you can't really gym etiquette is it's becoming less and less. And again, it's because these big commercial facilities they're not enforcing it. They put the rules in the wall. They write it in the wall in big writing and just assume that everyone, oh, that's all right. Write down, clean down your equipment and everyone's going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. And I think it's just a level of respect sometimes. It's a bit of etiquette. Like a lot of gyms are losing it because people are, you can join up a gym now. You don't even meet anyone. You get a code to go in the front door. You jump in, you go for your session. You can go off a year of training without even speaking to anyone that works there. Do you know what I mean? Most of the people that work there are self-employed. So, Again, it's not their gym, so they might not be asked about it. It kind of loses that touch. So I think it's just a combination of that. That's why we're seeing kind of gym etiquette go down the drain a wee bit. Uh, number 13, folk taking 20 minutes browsing on social media on a machine. I know that's fucking frustrating when folk do that. Again, poor gym etiquette. People not knowing. Off I know, just tell them to get off it or just say to them, have you got long on that? You'll become one of the people that hang about machines. You'll be the person that someone's having a rant about those folk that ask you how long yeah you've got left on your machine um so yeah no it's frustrating just tell them to get off it or ask them to work in because they'll probably get a shot and go fuck probably shouldn't be doing this right now and these last two are two really really good sort of one of them is more of a statement and one of them is a really good question to finish off and one of them was just without a why challenging uh, challenges become more daunting and quitting becomes easier that is so true and I'm actually going to get Dale Buck on a podcast and we're going to do a podcast purely on the importance of having a why and a vision because if you don't have a why and a vision it's very very easy to drop out and especially right now at this very time because do you know I mean like if, if your goal is just to lose weight or it's just to get fitter and little captions the gym's not being open dark nights cold weather not being able to see your family that's not that's going to be at the bottom of your list of priorities if your why is to i mean be in the shape of your life to be a strong and fit parent to i mean not be out of breath anymore to to get your confidence back that's a really good why so it does it like i mean if you have that why in place like everything becomes less daunting like and you're more likely to succeed at what you're doing so that's an important one there and then last one Really, really good question from one of my members. Um, what has been your best achievement since lockdown in March? And would you do anything different? So I don't know, I've done a lot of different fitness things, but I'm not going to just sit out. That's just something that I do now, and that's something that I love doing. So my biggest achievement was I feel like since the full thing, I've really, really been able to level things up. It gave me time to step back, and it gave me time to really focus in all the areas of my business. And I'm overwhelmed that I've got now like I'm over 50 members at my boot camp now. I've got an inquiry list for personal training and um, we're like 15 folk on it, which I can't believe. And 
and I'm in a position where I'm able to do this podcast. So I think one of the things that's been the achievement for me was I was getting into a place where I was actually, I was quite unhappy. I was loving my job and all that, but I was just, the cogs were, I was just turning over. I wasn't working at a hundred percent. My sessions were good. I was getting results, but I was just in a place I didn't want to be. So the biggest achievement for me was uh, it's allowed me to get to where I want. And I really, really got my mojo back. Do you know what I mean? Like I really, really got into the swing of things because I think it's easy. It's really, really easy to do in the fitness industry and having your own business because it, it's so stressful. So for me, my biggest achievement is just to where I am now. I feel like it's just everything's came along leaps and bounds. Um, and I'm really happy to have such a meaningful impact on a lot of people now, like day to day. Like I remember I used to go on my Instagram and I'd be like, watch other people get loads of mess. Not that I'm looking for appraisal, but people, I would see a lot of PTs that I followed. Me. Not that it's all about following as well, but they'd have bigger followings and they'd be regularly getting like messages. And I just felt as if it's allowed me to level up everything that I've done. I felt that everything was there. And I just feel that everything's just kind of came together in the past year. So for me, if I look back at this year, a lot of people are very negative. I would look at the year, if someone asked me what I took from 2020, and I would say it's the year that I really learned to adapt. It was the year I became a chameleon, you know what I mean? So that's a big one there. It's, it's allowed me to really optimize things. It's been a good year. Um, and would I do anything different? I think you can't live your life with regrets. Um like looking at things now, like there was certain things where I was probably, I, I probably wouldn't work as much as I did. I was giving myself a hard time for not doing enough. But again, that's probably one of the reasons why everything's kind of went the way it is, why my boot camp's doing so well right now, why I'm one-to-one's maxed out, why like I'm just in a better routine. Everything kind of happens for a reason. Um, and I don't really, I don't really think I would. I think everything's went excellent. Um, but yeah, I felt that the balance has been really, really good. So to finish it off that's a a good point there so thank you very much for tuning in today ladies and gents i hope you enjoy the solo podcast i actually really really enjoy doing them they're good good ones and i just write down the questions and i just literally wing them out so um i apologize for my coughing halfway through i just had like one of the throats you just can't clear out but i'm going to go and do my email marketing course right now so i'm going to be producing daily emails very very soon And I'll actually create the landing page very soon as well, which you'll be able to find in my Instagram bio. So when I do get that up and running, keep your eyes peeled because you'll be getting daily emails for me, uh, talking shite, having a laugh, telling stories. um, A bit more, I can't really say it's going to be a bit more personal. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm as honest as I would be on my social media, on my podcast. But it's just another extension of my business, which I'm actually buzzing to get started with. So I'm going to go crack on with that today. And as usual, screenshot this podcast, get it in your stories on Instagram and Facebook. If you ask me any questions as well, and you would like to uh, like give me feedback on my feedback on the questions or your statements, let me know because I'd really, really appreciate it. Anyway, team, I will catch you in a bit. Bye.